everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Shell Show podcast. Um, yeah, uh, I'm back, <laughs> um, yet again with no guests whatsoever. Um, it's just me talking alone, um, all by myself once again, in a very sad manner. So, yeah, haha, funny Reddit moment. Um, so, uh, uh, People actually say that they listen to this. I highly doubt that. Um, but, yeah, apparently people say they do. So I'm, I'm just going to put out another one out there um, because this is kind of a thing that I've been wanting to do for a while. If In case you don't know me, uh, I am basically the head person of Shell Fields, the Homer head. Homer head. Homer. <laughs> Guys, it's funny because I was I'm I'm being allowed. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so wait, did I just break the mic? Hang on. Okay. All right. I think I'm all right. Um. So yeah, I I am basically the 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 head person of Shell Fields. I was the one who started it. Um. So yeah, that gives me all authority to. Um make all the other admins and followers my personal servants so um yeah you will listen into this you will listen to this in its entirety whether you like it or not you you clicked on it and now um i know where you live and i can track you down or i already have and all i gotta do is just send a couple people over to your place um you can't hide from these people either. They know where you are at all times. We put a tracking device inside of your body when you didn't, weren't looking. And um, if you don't listen to the rest of this podcast, uh, well, I don't really even have to finish that. You can Your imagination will fill in the blanks as to what will happen to you. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, irony, irony moment. Um, anyway, okay. If you don't know me, <laughs> I'm the Homer head, um, and yeah, with Shell Fields, um, other than that, other than Shell Fields, I, I have quite a few other passions, um, one of them primarily are movies, um, it's my favorite art form, um, I enjoy watching movies, I enjoy making movies, um, I already have two feature films out, which are included in this list, by the way, um, so yeah, because of that, I figure, you know what, let's just talk about every single movie that I've ever seen, I think. Um, and when I say I think, that's because IMDb, um, it's only been the last two years or so that I've been really keeping track of what I've been watching. Um, so there are a couple of things in here that I may have forgotten about. Um, but the thing is, I hope to make this a regular series um, on the Shell Show podcast to um, consistently... Uh, keep content flowing out, um, as long as you guys are wanting to watch it, um, and given that it'll probably become a tradition of sorts, uh, where it basically just becomes a what I watched, you know, this month or these last couple of months, however regularly I decide to do it, um, it'll also include the occasional, uh, you know, oh, I forgot to put this in the original list type thing, um, so, Essentially, what I have here is, uh, to the best of my knowledge, I've compiled every single what I would consider to be a feature-length film in my 
IMDb ratings list into just one singular list on IMDb. So, um, yes, that's right, I'm not a Letterboxd person, because Letterboxd doesn't have everything, and I know neither does IMDb, but IMDb makes it so much easier to just add to it, um, so that's why I use IMDb a lot, um, so yeah, uh, literally the list is called Every Feature Film I've Seen, I Think, uh, there are 680 titles in here, and now before you cut my head off and say that, oh, that's not a lot, you could consider yourself a movie buff, and you've only seen 680 movies or whatever, I, listen, I got other things going on, um, and that also doesn't count rewatches, and that doesn't count, I mean, and also, if you go through my criteria of what I consider to be a feature-length film, there are a couple of films that you probably would consider to be ones that you've watched if you were to be the same, uh, type of person and make this kind of a list as well. Um, you might be surprised if you follow my criteria for what is considered a feature-length film, how small your list may be. I mean, I don't know if this is a small list or a large list. I mean, I don't really know anybody who has tried doing this before, um, to the best of my knowledge. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, okay, so before I get into the movies, um, I just gotta say it's gonna be brief reviews, hopefully, once it becomes a traditional thing, um, uh, I will be able to actually get in-depth with the content, um, and the reviews. Um, that's also because a lot of the things are gonna be more fresh in my mind, but mostly the reason I'm just gonna keep a lot of these r reviews, quote-unquote, brief is just because you guys don't want to sit here for seven hours, so you know what? Let's just make it six. So, um, yeah, let's uh, uh, let's get into what I consider to be a feature-length film. So, number one, uh, where do I even start? Okay, runtime. So, seventy-four minutes and below to me, that's a short film. Um, yes, that's right. Uh, I do believe that if you are at seventy-five minutes you constitute as a completely different form or subsection of an art form than one that is below, you know. Uh, so I know that sounds weird and a little um, really almost nitpicky in some ways. It's like because there are tons of 74-minute movies that I've seen, but I don't consider those to be feature-length films. Those are just short films, um, to, even though they're just less than one minute in length compared to a lot of the feature films that I've seen. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that's the line, and I gotta cut it off somewhere. Um, there's no real gray area um, for a lot of things in this list. Um, two, uh, kind of my second rule, is that um, no interactive films. So, uh, like Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, that doesn't count. Uh, I can't really think of any others. Um, and part of that also kind of goes in a little bit to kind of my third big rule in that, um, no miniseries, no specials, um, and no TV series. Um, the only kind of exception that I'll make to something like that is when a series of something is edited to make a feature film, which there are a couple of those in this list. Um, you'll see them once they come along here. Um... So yeah, that's kind of, um, yeah, yeah, no, like, like, for example, the, um, the, let, let's say Earth, a Disney nature film, even though that originated as Planet Earth, the series, um, 
Earth still counts as a feature film to me because the version of it that was released into theaters worldwide is does fit the criteria of being feature length um, and not uh, supposed to be viewed um, episodically. Um, whereas something like It, um, the miniseries, or really any of the Stephen King miniseries, tons of people are like, oh, those are movies. Uh, like, because, you know, they get their own Blu-ray boxes and stuff, and as, and they're almost framed as if, like, oh, no, this is this is just one movie. But, I'm sorry, they're miniseries. I don't, I don't know. Don't explain. Don't ask me to explain my rules. Uh, there's some weird stuff in here. Um, and I guess uh, those are the only ones that I can really think of. Um, so obviously, yeah, no specials. Um, obviously, your consideration for what is a TV special and what is a movie is very, very subjective. Um, so I'm not going to get into that. Um, there will be some things in here that you're like, oh, that's not a movie, because it's, you know, this is just some stupid um, avant-garde, like, art exhibit. You know, there are actually a couple of those in here. In fact, two of which are mine. <laughs> um, my What I consider to be my two feature-length films that I've released so far, um, a lot of people wouldn't consider to be movies, but they are to me. Um, man, I don't know. I, I don't know. Let's just get into this. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to listen to this anyway. Um, so how I'm going to present this is I'm going to go how I am. I'm, I'm sorting this on IMDb, the list, from lowest score to highest score. And what that does is it doesn't necessarily, um, or my lowest score to my highest score, um, it's sort, it's in the your rating category that I'm sorting all this by. Um, so I'm starting with one out of tens, going up to ten out of tens. Um, and, you know, when, when, first of all, don't get mad at me for having any wrong opinions, because I know I do have a couple, but I, I'll try my best to explain myself in some of the more controversial choices on here. Um, some you might see right away, some midway, and then some at the very end even, um, you'll be like, oh god, that movie sucks, and he put it in 10 out of 10. What an idiot, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's just how I'm doing things. Uh, uh, it's just, it's just how, what I got out of those movies. And, um, the reason I'm doing this, also, I need to make a note that, um, this isn't necessarily a worst-to-best list, definitively. Now, if you want to take the things that I say into consideration, popular opinion, your own opinion, um, my tone of voice even, and just kind of kind of weave your way into making your own version of what you think I would consider to be a worst-to-best version of this list, you can do that. But what the way IMDb does this is that... Um, I can change it if I wanted to, but I'm not going to because that takes a lot of effort. Their editing system sucks, um, to be honest. Um, going from 1 out of 10 to 10 out of 10, uh, amongst, like, for example, all the 1 out of 10s, those are just randomly sorted. So, like, let's say the first two on this list, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to say right off the bat, Gotti and then A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, those two films, just because Gotti is at the, at the very top of the list, that doesn't mean that I think that's the worst movie ever made, um, or at least from what I've seen. 
Now, yes, it is a 1 out of 10, but compared to the other ones that I've seen, there could very well be one that I disliked that's higher up on the list, closer to, like, a 2 out of 10. Um, and that's not because I believe it's closer to a 2 out of 10, two out of ten in my opinion that's just the way imdb sorted it so i'm just reading it down just like that um uh and part of the reason i'm also doing this um uh, in this way is so that people don't go through this skipping to like their favorite movie or whatever and being like oh he didn't see this movie what because if i do it like alphabetically people can easily just skip to where i would have put um one of their movies alphabetically, um, and they'd be like, what, he, he hasn't seen this, um, if it's not there, and, you know, it, I, apparently I'm not a film buff if I haven't seen this one movie or something, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best to get around to the classics, I'm trying my best, I don't know, I, I'd just rather watch, uh, Spooky Buddies, uh, <laughs> um, so, I don't know, uh, that, that's just kind of why I'm doing that. Um, it's kind of a semi-organized list, um, but in an unorganized um, method of presentation, I guess. So, um, yeah, I've already rambled on for over 13 minutes, um, and I haven't even talked about one movie yet. So, let's just get into this. Uh, I already need water, because this is my... My reptilian is already starting to come out. Alright, so, as I mentioned before, uh, number one on my list, uh, right now we're going through the 1 out of 10s, uh, starting off with Gotti, 2018. Uh, this film was directed by uh, Kevin Connolly, um, and Kevin Connolly did not do a very good job with this movie, I'm going to be honest. Um, now, I don't think it's the worst thing ever made. Uh, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, I, I think... I think the thing is just so memeable that it's just it kind of becomes campy in a way. Uh, there's just something about a pitbull score and John Travolta and I don't know, just the the overall aesthetic of the film is just kind of hilarious to me. I don't know. So, oh, it's Gotti. Uh, next we have A Wrinkle in Time. This is one of the most painful and long watches that I've ever endured in my life, and I'm not kidding when I say that. Uh, this movie is literally uh, torture. Um, I'm not, when people say they didn't like this movie, they're, they're, and I'm, I was actually hyped to see it, but then people started saying bad things about it, and I'm like, you know what, I'll just wait, and then Disney Plus, I got Disney Plus, and I'm like, you know what, I'll watch it, um, and I watched it, it was, this was just a couple of weeks ago, and god, it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my entire life, and I'm not kidding, and it's not because, oh, it's weird, it's just, it was just so boring, and it had no point whatsoever. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, next we got Cool as Ice. Uh, cool as Ice is not a good movie. Uh, part of that, um, you can probably tell because I'm still talking about my 1 out of 10s. Um, cool as Ice also is just another, like, really... A lot of these 1 out of 10s are actually kind of memes. In fact, every single one um, on my phone screen right now that I'm looking at are all just giant memes, and I and I I love Cool as Ice in a way that it's just, you know, the chick who drives the horse, you know that the lines like that are just fantastic, um, but I mean, 
it's ironic, bro. So next we got Super Mario Bros. Uh, I don't really have to say anything about Super Mario Bros. It's nothing like the game. Um, it's just it's just kind of funny. Um, there's a monkey in it, and I like monkeys, so it's got that going for it. Uh, next we got a movie with a pig in it. Uh, this film is called Gordy. Um, pig power in the house. Uh, yeah, baby. Swag moment. Uh, next we got Baby Geniuses. Uh, if you can't already tell, I um, uh, a lot of these are films that Doug Walker reviewed in his earlier days of Nostalgia Critic, um, which I watched so much from fifth grade to like. I still kind of watch Nostalgia Critic unironically to this day, um, and I'm really ashamed to say it. Uh, but I met him. Uh, it it was a really cool experience. Um, I don't know. He's just been kind of a a cool dude, um, and even though his content may not have aged very well, um, with the times and how content and just reviewing things and, and overall, this is turning into a nostalgia critic thing, but yeah, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so baby geniuses, baby geniuses, um, but yeah, so, uh, a lot, Anyway, just to preface, yes, I did watch all of these movies in full length. I'm not counting if I had watched, like, a Nostalgia Critic video or whatever on it. Um, I just happened to have, in middle school, watched a lot of these movies that he had already reviewed with, like, friends and stuff because it's just a, so stupid. Um, and it was just so funny to me um, at the time that, you know, oh, look, guys, this man is screaming about this movie about babies. Um, so let's go watch that movie and scream about it, too. So, yes, I did watch Baby Geniuses, and it was not good. Uh, that, that was more of a, a, a thing on Nostalgia Critic, but... Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, what was Christopher Lloyd thinking? Um, next we got The Room. The Room is fantastic. It needs no introduction. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. And, by the way, watching, like, clips of it and stuff on online... Of just like the high doggy and stuff like that, like that. Yeah, sure, it's funny, but you don't really get the full experience unless you watch it entirely. So please go watch the room. Um, it is a classic, um, and it's meant to be experienced fully. Um, so next we got the Cheetah Girls. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember much about this one other than it's sucking and it was just, it was just a lot of screaming and complaining. Um. But apparently I liked it as like a as like a uh, two year old because I, I danced a lot to it. Uh, I have like f home movie footage of me like dancing as an infant to like the soundtrack whenever it would come on Disney Channel. Uh, so yeah, that's a fun fun fact about Joel. Uh, next we got Christmas Vacation Two: Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Um, I hate first of all I just hate the title, Christmas Vacation Two. Um, that would make this movie, I mean, it's technically, um, it's technically Vacation 5, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, because, um, you know, you got Vacation, um, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation, Vegas Vacation, and then this, uh, in terms of the Vacation, the Griswold Cinematic Universe, this is the fifth film, then to be preceded by Vacation 2015, um, so that, uh, yeah, Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, uh, if, if you want to look at the poster, and just, just hearing the title even, I think you can kind of tell what it's gonna be. Um, it was a TV movie, 
and Randy Quaid uh, hangs around in the shower for, for like a whole 20 minutes of runtime, just like trying to turn on and off the shower, um, and it's like spraying in his face. Uh, that's, that's the movie. Um, so next we got Shark Tale. I don't care what people say. This is not a good movie, and it's not just because of the very poorly aged animation. It just is not a good movie. Um, I don't know what half of these actors were thinking being in this movie. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just boring to me, first of all. And second of all, the humor just doesn't really make any sense. A lot of it is just pop culture references and stuff. Um, and it didn't really age well. Um, but it almost felt like if I had seen it back when it first came out, it would kind of almost give off the feeling of, like, a Trolls World Tour almost in a way. Where, like, even at the time I would have known, like, yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna be outdated. Um, and, I mean, if anybody was thinking that at the time, uh, they were right. This did not age well. Um, it's just not funny, I guess. Uh, not as funny as Shell feels, the, the haha page. Uh, next we got the, the Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Uh, this is a film about a shark boy and a lava girl. Um, George Lopez is fantastic in this movie. Um, and all I gotta say about this other than that is send him to the principal's office and have him expelled! Uh, next we got Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Um, a pun that has never been done before, ever. Um, even as a little kid watching this movie, who loved the first Garfield movie at the time, the first live-action Garfield movie, I just thought, I was even watching this, and I'm like, oh god, number one, I've seen this before, and two, this is just the most boring thing ever, um... I mean, there's a cool bulldog in it, I guess, but, um, yeah, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, um, it even bored me as a child, um, that tells you something when, uh, yeah, I don't know, um, uh, then we got Underdog, uh, there's a lot of dog movies on here, just so you know, especially on these 1 out of 10s, because I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't know, as a little kid, I loved the Buddies movies and stuff. I love that stuff. Um, so there's a lot of animal stuff on here. Um, so we got Underdog. Uh, Underdog, honestly, I mean, I love Peter Dinklage in this movie. Um, I don't know. It's It dragged on for too long, and it didn't even have that long of a runtime. And even as a little kid, I kind of knew, like, yeah, this is... This is going on a little too long. Um, uh, the the theme song even sucked. Like, the first ten minutes or something of the movie, they have an animated sequence where they show you the old underdog, like, um, cartoon. And they're just like... And they, they have the theme, but it's kind of like remixed in a way that you would remix that kind of a score to like having soaring guitars and stuff in 2007, and, um, it's just as bad as it sounds, um, I remember there was a sequence that, uh, where a guy was just climbing a bunch of stairs, and that was, like, the most memorable sequence in the whole movie, it's the, the, the sequence with the, uh, with the stairs, 
and I don't even remember what was happening with the stairs. It was just a guy who was running up the stairs. Um, and then the scene with Peter Dinklage and the syringe. Um, that was a classic scene. We'll go down in cinematic history as one of the greats. <clears throat> um, next we got Snow Buddies. Man, I need more water. <clears throat> Man, we're not even past the 1 out of 10s yet. Uh, next we got Snow Buddies. So, Snow Buddies, uh, it's a spin-off of Air Bud, but they're, but they're puppies, and they're in the snow, I think. That's what I took away from the movie at the age of, of, uh, seven. Um, <laughs> next we got Four Christmases. I had watched this, um, with my parents, uh, a year ago, because they wanted to watch it. Because they had seen it, and they're like, this is one of our favorite Christmas movies ever. And I'm like, okay, that sounds cool, you know? Um, let's watch a Christmas movie. I was really in a Christmassy mood. And we had watched this garbage. Um, there were, I will admit, there was actually one unironically, like, kind of funny sequence. Or it was, like, the idea was funny. Um, where they, there's, like, this church, but it's, like, a mega church. Um, so, like, there's, like, rock music playing and stuff, and it almost feels more like a, like a... I don't know, um, it, it just, it was a funny idea, but then it just turned out to just not be funny at all, like, there were so many funny setups that just never led to anything, it almost made you more disappointed than, I don't know, Ugh, god, uh, The Tale of Despero, uh, Matthew Ro Broderick is a mouse, and, um, I watched this in the movie theater as a little kid, and I... I wanted to punch him the entire time. I seriously wanted to literally shake this mouse. Um, so yeah, going on from that, we got Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakle. Uh, yet another cinematic masterpiece. Um, uh, Al Alvin and, and, the, and the Chipmunks go to, go to school. That, that's it. <laughs> um, oh, and... Oh, and Uncle Ian goes out on a stage, and that scene was pretty funny when he got the sock puppets because he didn't have the chipettes anymore, and he was like, he was singing single ladies, but he had the sock puppets to try and fool the entire Pepsi Center, and it's funny. It's it's really funny. You guys should check it out. Uh, next, we got Birdemic Shock and Terror. Uh, just like The Room, you gotta see this movie. Um, it's campy wonderness. Uh, speaking of wonder, we got Alice in Wonderland 2010 uh, by Tim Burton, and uh, I did not like this one, even as a kid. Um, I still don't like it to this day. I figured as just like a, a kid, like it was like the first like really kind of grown up movie that I went to um, in the theater, and I thought it was like so cool for like going to it and being like all brave, and I, I did sit through the whole thing without like being squeamish or anything, and I watch it now after all the movies that I've seen. And it still kind of makes me squeamish. Like, it's a it's, like, and it's not, like, a good, it's not in a good way. Um, there's just something about the aesthetic of this film that just doesn't lend itself to the Alice in Wonderland. And I know Alice in Wonderland was originally a really grim story, almost with the same aesthetic, but, I don't know, it just didn't feel consistent tonally. And, and also, they tried to mix in a ton of big action set pieces that didn't really fit well with, um, 
a budget that was kind of constrained to mostly having to utilize green screen. I don't know if that was a budgetary choice or if that was a, um, like an artistic choice or, you know, just a, hey guys, it's 2010, let's use green screen because we can kind of thing. Um, I almost feel like it's the latter. Uh, I don't know. I don't like Alice in Wonderland 2010. Um, I I got Marmaduke. Uh, yes, that's right, Marmaduke. They made a, a Marmaduke movie. Um, he's a Great Dane. And that's it. He's a Great Dane. That's the movie. Next, I got Cats and Dogs 2, The Revenge of Ki Kitty Galore. Um, uh, this, this was a movie. Um, I like the scene with the squirrel, uh, the robotic squirrel that sings the hamster dance and then, and then explodes. That was that was really keck. Um, next I got Camp Rock 2, the final jam. Um, it's the final jam of the camp that rocks. Next I got Fred the movie. Uh, Fred, Fred stalks Judy and he screams. Uh, next we got this, the search for Santa Paws. Um... This is definitely a search for Santa's puppy. I think that's what the movie was about. I don't know. I saw it as a little kid. Yeah, I saw it when it first came out. We had gotten the DVD. We brought it home, and we were, like, so excited to watch it. And, we, and then there was, like, a whole scene where, like, there was a fire or something. I think it was, like, I think I was misinterpreting it. And there was a scene where there like, the kids sitting around like a dog who's dying or something and obviously like the dog comes back to life or something um but I don't know I just remember sitting there on the couch watching like what I thought at the moment maybe it was even just bad like shot composition or blocking or whatever it may be that just led me to believe as a child that that the dog was burning to death maybe that maybe it was just a cremation scene I don't know um but that's always stuck out of my mind um and I, I, I don't really like the movie. Um, so next I got Zookeeper. Um, saw this in the theater. Uh, it didn't age very well. The CGI is not very good. Um, and it's just not funny. It's just it's just poop being smeared everywhere. That's Oh, and speaking of that, we got Spy Kids 4, All the Time of the World, or Spy Kids 4D. This is one of the only films, at least within the last at least within the 2010s decade, that attempted to have the very gimmicky um, 1950s 4D aromascope kind of um, thing where you'd go to the theater, watch the movie in 3D, but you'd have scratch and sniff cards, and that's the thing that this movie is re remembered for, is literally they give you a free scratch and sniff card to go along with the movie um, that uh, correlates with the film smells. Um... That's literally all it's known for, um, and it was not good. And next, I got Spooky Buddies. Spooky Buddies, dude, I love this movie. Um, the dogs go out trick or treating, and there's like a ghost dog. Uh, yeah. Uh, next, I got Fred Two: Night of the Living Fred. Um, Fred goes goes into a, a room filled with people, and he sprays them with water guns filled with like. Um, and vampire repellent that he made. Um, and his he just has to think about his mom boning a vampire. 
so that's that's pretty funny. I, I love that movie. Um, next we got Alva and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked. This is possibly the best film ever made. Uh, Jenny Slate is there. Uh, she's evil, um, but she's but she thinks she's not evil at first, but then it turns out she's evil, and the island explodes, and Justin Long as Alvin um, is is really cool and then Simon is really cool because he got bit by a spider and now he's Simone and Theodore is there too he's he's really fat I like I like Theodore uh next I got Escape from Tomorrow uh this is right now currently Randy Moore's only film um the thing is about this movie is that I really want to like it it's a gorilla style Disney film and you'll see there are actually quite a few other gorilla style Disney films um, in here, a lot of just guerrilla style theme park films overall. Um, and it's not just as a, because I actually understand what Randy Moore is going for here, um, what message he's trying to convey. I get that Disney does kind of have a creepy undertone to it. Um, but the way this film just goes about it, it makes you, the main character is a pedophile and you're supposed to like sympathize with him because it's like, oh, he's sexually frustrated. That makes it okay for him to pursue a 15 year old girl. Like, no, that's not okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically all that the movie is. There's one actually decently cool sequence, um, that sticks in my mind. I literally, I think about the scene every single day. Um, the spaceship earth, uh, base 21 laboratory scene. Uh, it's so weird that it kind of, like, makes you think, like, about the possibilities of it, like, this concept being provided to a better sci-fi film. And, yeah, that's the thing, is that it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's kind of a neo-noir, but it, um, and it crosses horror with sci-fi, with fantasy, with drama, with comedy. It's, like, it's, it doesn't know what it wants to be, and I get that it's trying to emulate different styles of film and kind of pay homage to those styles, but it just comes off as a mess, and maybe if I saw the Sundance cut, it, it, it could have been great, but just from what I saw, it's just a pedo chasing around girls, girls in Disney World, and that's it, so, um, yep, fun, uh, next we got Food Fight. Uh, it's a great film. Charlie Sheen is there, and he's Dex Dog Detective, and and the the rack and the almond raccoon raccoon guy asks if those le if those melons are real, and Christopher Lloyd uh, spazzes out. Um, next we got a talking cat. The a talking cat. Actually, yeah, it's it's important to note that these two films both have explanation points in their titles, but A Talking Cat has two explanation points, um, with a question mark in between those two to break it up, um, and match with the, just the thematic integrity and complications that come along with this film, and just its, its sheer existence. It is a fantastic film. Duffy, rest in peace, except for the fact that he's not dead, but he's probably dead now because the life expectancy of a cat is, doesn't go beyond what the, the cat being alive right now uh next we got 21 21 and over uh i watched this because miles teller was there um it's not good uh it's not funny it's boring actually um yeah 
uh, it's literally the most uh, the most memorable artistic liberty taken in this film that I can remember. Literally, like this is the only thing that sticks out to me is um, the opening credits are presented as you know that kind of cliched but still kind of cool aesthetically looking. Um, you know, like let's say we have a drive by shot of like different trees and stuff, and every single time you pass by a tree. Um, it uncovers like a, like a name in the, in the opening credits and then you pass by another tree and it fades out, you know, that kind of effect. I don't know how to, what that effect is called or if I'm even describing it correctly, but if that's your most memorable thing, then that's kind of sad. Um, next we got the Smurfs 2, fantastic film, Papa Smurf, pimping it. Um, uh, the, the, the naughties. Oh man, they're 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 naughty. Yeah. Um next we got Cloud Nine Cloud Nine baby. Uh there's a skier and she she goes down the hill and then this guy he he makes her pay for the sign that she broke and they fall in love and um they have Disney Channel sex. I really liked it. Next we got Cool Cat Saves Kids. Uh, I'm Cool Cat, and I love all kids. Uh, next we got, um, Jurassic School. Um, it's important to note that the only reason I watched Jurassic School, actually I had two reasons. Number one was that it was an Asylum production. Um, and I have a, I have a couple of those in here that are just fantastic. Um, next, actually, wait, now come to think of it, maybe I, I have a couple of, like, Asylum films that I've seen that I consider to be short films, but... I think this is the only one in here that is actually what I would consider to be featured length. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Jurassic School. Um, but the second reason I watched it was um, because Roy Abramson, the lead actor from Escape from Tomorrow, was in it. And as much as I dislike Escape from Tomorrow, um, I, you got to give the props to the actors. Um, that movie actually, I know I'm kind of going back to that, but... That movie did not provide good enough material for them, um, and they tried their best, clearly. So I've been trying to follow them, and Roy Abramson is the only one with like a decent career kind of after um, after that movie, as far as I can tell, as far as IMDb shows you. He was also in Searching, which will come up too soon. Um, but yes, uh, uh, Roy Abramson is there, and he asks the kid if he wants Kale, and the kid is like, no, I don't want kale. I want to hang out with my dinosaur. And that's pretty cool. So uh, next we got The House. Um, this was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, a guy's arm gets chopped off. And like that's that's the joke. So uh, next we got the emoji movie. And the joke is that they're all emojis. That's the joke. Uh, next we got Backstabbing for Beginners. Um, this movie is um, kind of in the list of here that, oh, in fact, we're actually coming up on what I would consider to be probably the most controversial item on this entire list. It's a 1 out of 10 that people wouldn't really consider to be a 1 out of 10, um, even near a 1 out of 10. But um, this, I'd say, is one of the more controversial ones, too, if anybody had even seen it. Um, I'm just looking at the audience and critical scores here, and Backstabbing for Weekenders on IMDb right now holds a 6.2 out of 10, and the Metacritic score is a 48 out of 100. 
and uh, although those aren't glowing reviews, those are definitely more positive than the things that I had to say about this film, because backstabbing for beginners, guess what? It was boring. Um, there's oil trade, trade talk, and the lead actor doesn't know how to act. He just says his lines while trying to look hot. And yes, you do want to come in his face um, whenever he's on screen, but um, if you just watch, just uh, just watch Alvin and the Chipmunks chipwrecked. If if you want to just come all over the screen for the entirety of the movie. Um, it's it's that's a much better film to do that um next we got cam speaking of jerking off um cam uh is also a very controversial item on this list um in that this movie had no point um it it was annoyingly incorrect about how the internet works and you'll see that's kind of a a big pet peeve of mine um, on this uh, on every single film that I've ever seen. And really, if if you don't know how to portray the internet correctly, I'm automatically gonna really dislike your movie most likely, unless you completely redeem it in every other way. Um, this is, literally is how how a boomer would describe the internet if they knew what internet porn was. Like, an old man who's 70 or something, like, just looks up sexy boobs or something on Google, hoping that his wife doesn't check the computer because he doesn't know what incognito mode is, and then he just delves down a rabbit hole, and this is what he thinks, like, and he doesn't dive completely into cam culture, cam girl culture, but he does kind of, like, he does dabble in it a little. This is this is his interpretation of it. Um, and then his wife yells at him, and now he he thinks it's bad. And oh, I gotta write a movie script about how bad cam girls are. Um, so that's this movie. Um, next we got the Haunting of Sharon Tate. Uh, I don't think many people are gonna disagree with me in that this movie is awful. Um, there are a lot of movies based on real life events that are horrific events. Um, that do turn. Uh. That, that do um, kind of undermine how serious those events were. However, The Haunting of Sharon Tate, there's just something about it that just seems so evil. Like, it literally feels like it is just the biggest F you to, to anybody who is affected by the Sharon Tate murder. The, any, anybody affected by Charles Manson and his cult at all. Um or any really even mass killings really it's that kind of a it's that kind of a movie that it's just um it's just a big insult and um even though i wasn't personally offended by it i i could completely understand why somebody would think that next we got from friend to fiance the best movie ever ball skate city colorado uh, next we got Yesterday. This is possibly what I would consider to be the most controversial item on this list, giving it a 1 out of 10, and it is the final 1 out of 10 on this list before we delve into the 2s. Um, yesterday, I saw it in the movie theater, and I'm sorry to say it, but part of the reason why I didn't like it so much was because... Actually, really, just all of it was just because it got everything wrong, and I'm not asking for it to be this, like, super in-depth, like... Uh, 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 complicated look at this world in which the Beatles didn't exist, but 
there are just too many plot threads that are just so unanswered, and the movie just kind of tells you to excuse it, like, oh, just get, it's supposed to be, uh, uh, open-ended, and I hate that, um, and it kind of, and that doesn't only apply to just the major plot points, but also, um, given the reliance on internet culture and other things, this is just another one of those movies that gets the, the internet completely wrong, it gets the concept of time completely wrong, um, it get it just, it literally didn't do one thing correct, and even the performances from actors that I do respect and enjoy, um, these are just not good performances, um, Kate McKinnon's character sucks, um, she is literally a cartoon character, and I get that was kind of the point, but... I'm sorry, it wasn't entertaining to watch her just be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, uh, uh, I'm the, uh, person to, that represents greed in this film, even though literally this movie stars James Corden, actually it doesn't star James Corden, he's in it for two seconds, which actually I'm kind of glad about, because I can't stand seeing James Corden in movies anymore, I'm sorry, no hate to the guy, he seems like a nice dude, but I just can't stand him in movies. And, um, and, and then you got Ed Sheeran, uh, we got Mr. Lego Man, Ed Sheeran over here, and he is, is not a good actor, and he is just so self-promoting that it's not funny. So yesterday was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, and Danny Boyle, everybody's like, but it's Danny Boyle, though! I don't care if it, if your favorite director directed this movie, some of my favorite directors have their misses, like, I understand that he's made some good stuff, but yesterday is just not one of those good things, and he's allowed, I'm allowed, to dislike some of the things that he's made. And the amount of hate that I've gotten for hating this movie is just hilarious. So, uh, next, delving into the 2 out of 10s, we got Flubber. Um, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people will agree with me in that this movie just wastes a lot of time. Uh, a lot of it is just the same thing repeated over and over again, but there's no point to the repetition at all. It just kind of, things just kind of happen over and over. And I remember one of my worst memories, actually, personally, was sitting in my 8th grade science class, and we were watching this movie, not because it was, like, scientific or anything, but just because it was, like, the end of the year, and we were just like... Hey guys, let's just watch a movie. So, or it was nearing the end of the year at least, and we were watching Flubber. And I decided to make a couple of comments. Yes, being the stupid eighth grader that I I was, uh, I was just going like, "Oh, this movie sucks," because you know I had already seen it before then, and you know I was just making all these comments about how much I disliked it. Um, but there's something about sitting in that classroom that also gives me just such awful memories about this film that I almost knocked it from what could be a 3 out of 10 to a 2 out of 10, and I know I shouldn't be weaving my personal experiences into it, but that just brings me back to 8th grade, and that is not a year that I want to be brought back to, and then also everybody else making fun of me in the class for having making for making fun of the movie. Um, yes, I was being annoying, I admit that, but... Uh, and anyway, um... I'm just gonna go uh, cry for a minute. Hang on. Okay, I'm back. Um, next we got uh in the uh, next two out of ten title is a dog's purpose. Uh, this is 
I remember for a, a, quite a while, this was the movie that every single kid, whenever they would say that they've seen it, like like a teacher would ask, what did you do over the weekend? Some girl would say, oh, I watched a dog per dog's purpose and it was so sad. Um, I, I, I hated every single second of when that would happen. And if that continues to happen, I will personally make sure that every copy of a dog's purpose is destroyed and every, any evidence of it existing, except for the abuse that went on within the production of making it, which, yeah, by the way, I'm sorry, I, I know, yes, separate the art from the artists and stuff, but I'm sorry, a movie about caring for dogs that hurt dogs in the production is is not okay, I'm sorry, that just really made me feel bad. Um, it's not shot well, it's not, it's not acted well, it's just cheesy garbage, so, yeah, Dog's Purpose. Uh, next we got Treasure Buddies, <laughs> um... Uh, I'm gonna admit, the reason this isn't a 1 out of 10 for me is because as a little kid, I, I admit, this is my favorite Buddies movie, and it even was kind of subject material that I wasn't really into, but that's kind of why I liked it, because as a little kid, it was the only way that I can kind of get interested in kind of a Indiana Jones uh, aesthetic, uh, aesthetically um, placed story, I guess. Um, just anything placed in the Middle East or something, just kind of or that mythological Middle East treasure hunting kind of kind of gung-ho Indiana Jones thing has just never really been for me. But as a little kid, for some reason, I kind of got into the mystery of it all, and even if, as I rewatched it, I was like, hey, you know what, this, is, this isn't half bad. I can kind of... I mean, I, at the time, yes, I was getting a little old to watch. Um, so I'd only seen the movie three times, and I actually now thinking about it compared to even some of my favorite movies of all time. Um, seeing a movie three times is a lot. Um, so yeah, Treasure Buddies. Uh, uh, I don't know, there's something about the mystery of it all and, and the, the whole whodunit kind of aspect that just... I don't know, it was it, for the last couple of years of me enjoying this type of movie, it was, it was, it was alright. Um, I know I'm sound like... I know I, I'm really inconsistent with how I'm writing these movies, um, part of it is a lot of these I'm just being haha ironic, um, but also some of these it's just like, you know, if you if you see a buddies movie on here, you know I'm gonna trash it. So seeing it in a two out of ten and not a one out of ten is a pretty big accomplishment for a buddies movie. Um, whereas the next movie that I'm going to, The Exception, is not a good movie. Um, and I'm actually gonna admit I'm gonna talk about why this is not a good movie. Um, uh, uh, even though the, literally it's still the same score as, as Treasure Buddies, and Treasure Buddies it sounded like I was praising. Oh my god, nobody's gonna listen to this. This is awful. I can just say whatever I want to say now, because nobody's gonna be listening to this. Um, uh, so, <laughs> anyway, we got the exception, uh, and this is not a good movie. I don't know, it's a, it's a World War Two movie. You already kind of lost me there, but, um... I mean, yes, the acting was good and stuff, but it just was so Oscar-baity to me. Um, and I... I don't know. And it felt so empty, too. And I know that that was also... Yes, I know, it was kind of the point, but... Like, literally, every single set in this movie was... There were no background extras. There were no... I mean, there was nothing there. And 
and I know that they're trying to convey that this is not a highly populated area, uh, or space, um, but I don't know, it just felt cheap to me in some ways, so, uh, next we got Unfriended, Unfriended, uh, yes, it, it did some interesting things, it was the first feature-length major, um, theatrically released, um, what I would call a desktop movie, um, but Noah, a short film, had, it steals, all the good aspects of Unfriended steal so much from Noah, um, and it's not just a desktop thing, but just the mechanics of how the characters talk to each other and everything, the only good stuff that comes from Unfriended. If Unfriended had literally been such an original, and I think that's why a lot of people liked it when it first came out, was because at the time, nobody really knew about it was like it was like the directors and the writer the writers um had found like this these hidden gems of the occasional desktop experiment short experimental short films um like noah noah is the only one that i can think of at the top of my head right now and they're like well let's exploit all the good qualities of these movies um and so yeah unfriended isn't really that I, oh god, I feel gross saying this bad, but it, I mean, other than all the continuity errors and the bad performances and the, but I don't know, just the, the story overall, if it were just conveyed better, um, actually was kind of alright, and the major problem with it is that it just kind of forgot why it was stealing from things like Noah, it just kind of took those things as like, oh, we could just make a desktop movie. And then really think, stop to think and understand why th things like that have worked in the past. And they just said, oh, let's just be the first people to do it in feature-length format. And everybody just attributed that to, oh, I've never seen this before um, because I don't expand my horizons out outside of my comfort zone in terms of film. And I only watched the retrically released um, or wide theatrically released horror movies, um, and, uh, and, and that, that, that's where that kind of came from, was that everybody just thought, oh, this is a masterpiece all of a sudden, um, and a, yet another case of, it doesn't really get the internet, um, but that, I think I kind of already covered that in the, um, just the whole convection of its, of its, you know, alright storyline. Um, next we got Sausage Party. I'm sorry, this movie's not funny, um, and there are a couple of funny things in it, but it just, I don't like how pretentious it feels, I don't like how oblivious they think we are as an audience to not get the allegory that it's presenting, and, and maybe the, the lack of sub subtlety is in of itself a joke, it just didn't work for me. Um, plus, the animation sucked. Um, and the fact that they they didn't pay overtime for overworked animators. Um, and they still turned out a product that looked like this. Like, ugh, that's not really good. Um, next, we got In Fabric. Uh, Peter Strickland joint. Um, it's... This is a movie that I so wanted to like. Because... It has such a cool vibe to it, and it has such a, 
and it's so weird, and I love it, it's like, the idea behind it, but the thing is, the whole thing just stops in its tracks, because it goes on for too long, and then the characters are so unlikable, like, there is one, there's, the, the main, it kind of switches main characters halfway through the movie, um, and the main character, uh, the one that's kind of, like, in the trailers and stuff, um, uh, uh, she is the main character for the first half of the movie, and she is the most cardboard cutout character. She is a very just decent person who just kind of does her thing, and nothing comes of it other than just every other character trashing her and just, like, being such terrible people. And, and I mean, there are a couple of films on this list that do have that dry sense of humor, where it requires a lot of the characters to just be complete jerks. But this movie just made you feel so unwelcome in its environment that it didn't even let you step into its so, honestly, pretty well-created universe. It was just, it, it was it was like a, a gorgeous planet with no, n n no creatures that won't devour you the second you walk onto it. Um, so that's in fabric. Um... Hop, Hop is a is a movie about the Easter Bunny and uh, and the Easter Bunny poops jelly beans. That's the joke. Uh, next I got Santa Buddies. Uh, it's better than Santa Paws. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> next I got Mojave. I'm gonna admit I have no clue what was going on in this movie the entire time that I was watching it. I was constantly looking up the Wikipedia um synopsis to kind of like summary to kind of like go through and try and understand what's happening as I'm watching it and it just didn't fill in any blanks and the problem with that is that it already started out with so many blanks like it it presented this interesting philosophical idea that it never elaborated on and I don't know. I I I don't like that. Um, I couldn't tell what was going on at all. It was just kind of two characters just going around, driving around. They see each other sometimes. They say a couple of words, and then, okay, there they go again. They're just off. I don't know. <laughs> uh, next, I got just go with it. Um, this movie is obnoxious to say the least. Uh, there are just characters with the most annoying voices and just like it feels like oh you know how you occasionally get that really bad snl sketch sketch which is like a, a character or a pair of characters that just like it's it's a funny idea for like a a part of the skit but the skit just goes on for too long like if the skit was maybe a minute long it was funny this is just extended to a whole two hours and it's not fun at all it's just um, it's just a bunch of super cartoons that don't know why cartoons are funny. They just are just, just oh, guys, it's a wacky thing, and, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Um, next I got Epic, uh, I don't even remember most of this movie other than, uh, <clears throat> it was a boring fairy movie or whatever like you know about like the enchanted forest and fairy it's like that kind of thing that you walk into that weird gift shop in the middle of nowhere um and you see all those like you see all those bible magnets and right next to them you got all those like those all those bible verse magnets and then right next to it you have 
all those like gnome mini statues and then you got all the weird elf mini statues and then you got fairy mini statues that's this movie but with two really annoying slug characters and that's the whole thing uh next we got star wars episode two attack of the clones um it's attack of the clones all right uh yeah that's that's it i don't really have to say anything about that attack of the clones it's just kind of boring um and the effects are bad and yeah uh, next i got amazing spider-man 2 or the amazing spider-man 2 um i've just never really liked andrew garfield as spider-man um i like andrew garfield i just don't like him as spider-man and i can't really get past that um and that's just kind of it and electro is the funniest villain like, literally the most unintentionally hilarious villain uh, ever created for any movie ever. Um, other than uh, George Lopez and Shark Boy and Lava Girl, so. Uh, next we got Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. Uh, this is the Spy Kids movie that I remember the least out of all of them. Um, and I remember it was, like, the most, like... Like, if you were to look at it from an objective perspective, like, maybe it's considered the best one, um, just as far as visual effects go, and as far as the amount of seriousness it, it wants you to take into account when the more climactic elements of the plot ensue, but it's just, it's, it's just Spy Kids too, you know? I, I can't. Next we got The Day After Tomorrow, um, this movie sucked, uh... Literally, the main character is just this whiny person who you just hate the minute he shows up on screen, and then the effects are bad, and the film feels like it lacks direction. Like, it feels like it lacks a singular vision. Um, so, yeah. Um, then you got uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Um, it just felt like a movie that was trying to be a new Christmas classic, and it it tried to portray the, or, okay, as you'll see with another film on this list, um, there's a weird subgenre of Christmas movies that tries to emulate Christmas depression, and I feel like this film wasn't trying to go for that, but it ended up accidentally becoming that. It just became such a mundane film to go through, and it made you literally want to, hang yourself it's so just not it's just so unbearable um and it was just trying to be the next big christmas classic and it doesn't really make any sense at all and it was even kind of went with that neo-noir genre crossing thing um but none of it really meshed well like you couldn't really tell when the movie was trying to parody something else or when it was actually being serious um so totally inconsistent and just Overall, not great. Um, next, we got a documentary called What the Health. Um, this movie was so boring. Um, and honestly, a lot of the facts were wrong. Um, and I'm not even somebody who's all that, all that big on researching that type of topic. But it just, it just came off to me as so disingenuous and just so one-sided that I, I couldn't help but just hate it. Um, then we got Daddy Daycare. This is a movie that I don't really have a problem with, honestly. 
um, it's just not good. You just watch it and you're like, you know what, this is not, this is not what, what the early days of filmmaking, um, should have led up to, but it did, um, and luckily we digressed from that, but for a period of time, there was, there, there was an enormity of films like Daddy Daycare, and Daddy Daycare stood out as one of the ones that was the most Daddy Daycare out of the Daddy Daycares, so... Um, we got Click. Uh, Click um, is like those pseudo-depressing Christmas movies, but not a Christmas movie. Um, it's it's an interesting idea, but it's just so bombarded by 2000s cliches and that tonal inconsistency that just made for an almost uncomfortable experience. Because no matter what person you are watching with or what tone you are wanting it to go with it just makes you feel oddly uncomfortable and not intentionally uh so after that we got lemonade mouth um it's one of those movies that like it's clearly made for very very little children um but adults defend it a lot for some reason and i just don't get that because it literally is like the most kiddish interpretation of the anti-establishment breakfast club story um, that anybody has ever made. Um, there's literally no motivation for the conflict at all. The, 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 the whole reason that the characters even meet is stupid because, you know, it is just a breakfast club story, but just lacking any charm or... Um, intelligence within the authority that takes down this band of kids. Um, so it just doesn't really make any sense to you because you can't find yourself in a situation where you believe that there is a world, that there is an alternate reality from yours where somebody is just anti-music just for the sake of being anti-music. Um, I don't know how to describe that without you having seen the movie, but if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, 2014 is not a good movie, um, but I'll give it a pass, um, or at least a pa as much of a pass as I can give a film that I ultimately rated a 2 out of 10. Um, the action sequences are actually not that bad in my opinion, but also I'm not that big on action movies, even though I would consider my favorite film of all time to be an action movie. Um, as far as the genre as a whole, um, for just a kid's uh, PG-13 Ninja Turtles movie, it did the best that I think it could. Um, but still, it, it it's hurt by, you know, just the obvious product placement that it was gonna have. It was gonna have all this... Um, these random celebrities in it that didn't really want to be a part of it, but they were clearly signed on because they were just given a big paycheck and they'd look so miserable and not wanting to be there. Um, I even give it up to the designs. I think the character designs are all right. Um, but yeah, it's not really a great movie. Um, then we got How to Talk to Girls at Parties, which is a movie that I feel really bad rating a 2 out of 10 because you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, this is a 2 out of 10. And then you get to the ending, and the ending is so leaves you with such a bittersweet feeling that it almost makes you f bad. It, it makes you feel bad for disliking it at all in the first place, even though the majority of the film is bad. But the ending, the ending doesn't mix. I, I don't know. I feel like a movie can't necessarily 
be ruined by an ending or an opening or whatever. Um, so henceforth it can't be um, made by an ending or an opening. Um, so I don't know. Uh, this movie, it's it was trying too hard uh, to be the, its own thing. And then it ended up becoming like every other movie. Um, as a result of it, it it's it's like the 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 freshman Soviet Union, uh, a funny haha communist, uh, grand a Minecraft good Fortnite bad kids at your school. It's like they think their their sense of humor is so above everybody else's just because oh I don't like TikTok and I don't like you know that kind of thing. Um. And it has this almost superiority complex over other movies in that, oh no, this is a weird and wacky movie. Um, but it really isn't, because it just falls under so many of the weird and wacky tropes that it forgot weird and wacky almost now has become its own genre. Um, and this is basically the centerpiece of its cliches. Um, then we got Get Hard. Um, no, it's not a porno. This is a Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart movie. And it's not funny. Um, uh, it's really uncomfortable, actually, because some of the jokes um, are just. I'm I I and I know that this is gonna this is bad because I'm a white person saying this, but I feel like I I, I don't know. And Kevin Hart is the star in it, but still, it almost feels racist in a way. Um, it also feels sexist in a way. Um, in a lot of scenes, you'll see. I don't know. I just, I just don't even want to talk about this movie. It's not a good movie. Uh, then we got How the Grinch Stole Christmas, um, two thousand. Uh, Ron Howard, man, why, why do you gotta, uh, just fill the? Uh, I, I'm I'm quoting Doug Walker here, but um, why do you gotta put Vaseline on on the camera? Like, that's all. All that this movie is is just the majority of the time you're just looking. Um, at actors with really bad face makeup, um, and, and, and the, the camera is just covered in Vaseline. Um, so, technically speaking, it's not really the best movie, um, as far as its production values. Um, it's admirable, um, and it is kind of funny, uh, in some ways, but you'll see with another, um, uh, Dr. Seuss adaptation, that that there's something so close to me about the source material that it just feels wrong to to have made this movie more adult, you know, by just, oh, guys, look, the, the Grinch gets thrown into a girl's boobies. Boobies, boobies, I like boobies. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's pathetic and sad to me. Um, so... After that, you get Cars 2. Um, it's... There's... A, a car gets tortured. Yep. Uh, then we got Frozen 2. Uh, Frozen 2 is a movie that everybody says they, they liked because... Oh, well, it wasn't good, but the soundtrack was catchy, and also the animation was beautiful. I'm... Uh, I, I can't even defend the soundtrack or the animation, because the soundtrack isn't catchy, it's just annoying, and, 
like, it's not even, like, hum it in your head. It's just, like, it's almost as if I were to just say the word what, like, over and over again. Like, what, 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 with no, like, no context whatsoever. And it's just, like, a, um, like, there's no even rhythm to it or beat or anything. It's just, I'm just saying the word what a lot over and over again. And nobody knows why I'm saying it over and over again. That's the soundtrack. It just feels like repetitive garbage that isn't even catchy enough to consider maybe this should be a radio hit or something. Or maybe I don't, I disagree with it being a radio hit, but it could very well be. I just can't imagine anybody liking the soundtrack, but uh, apparently people do, um, which is just astounding to me. It, um, and I'm not even a music person, but it just. And then you, you got Brandon Urie at the end credits, which I laughed hysterically at when that when it cut to black, and then and then you got, um, that 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 was hilarious to me, um, but um, and then also you know you got the animation, which I don't know I saw many moments in which the character models kept on looking so smooth that they almost fell into one another every single time, like. And it never really knew whether or not it wanted cartoon or ragdoll physics um, applied to the character models. Um, like, sure, the sure you got hair and and just general particles, like, correct. But even as a person who doesn't pay attention much to animation, like, this... The presentation on this film is not great. Um, so... Uh, next we got Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Uh, there's a Chihuahua... In Beverly Hills, and then they go, and then they go to Mexico, and then uh, George Lopez says, "We're Mexican, not Mexicant." So that's that. Um, then you got Minions. Uh, the Minions are in the, are in the sixties. That's 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 Minions. Um, that's Minions, baby. Uh, then you got The Greatest Showman, a movie that defends a man who did nothing but wrong things, and it completely twists history, but not in, like, a creative way, but almost, but just in a misleading way that you just feel dirty watching it, and it's just not entertaining. And the is yet again, another case with, like, Frozen 2, like, I don't get why the soundtrack is played so frequently, because, like, I can't even understand why people, like, this is, these aren't even songs that, like, get stuck in my head. They're just... You just hear them, they set off this trigger, like, of immediate anger, and then you just forget about it the moment that the audio stops. That's The Greatest Showman and its soundtrack. <clears throat> um, you got Arctic, which is a movie that I was really anticipating um, to be pretty great, uh, and it wasn't. Um, uh, uh, Joe Penna, I'm sorry, man, but um, is Slow Burns... Slow burns have to have some kind of a metaphorical reason for being such a slow burn. Like, if you're not going to provide on-screen or even auditory content for us to indulge ourselves in, you have to give some kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, just kind of a, a theme for us to at least consider throughout that time that we're just sitting there watching nothing happening. Um, but Arctic doesn't really provide that. It just, it's just a really major slow burn, but it doesn't make you ponder anything 
that it clearly allots itself for you to do so in. Maybe I'm just missing something, but it's just it just wasn't good to me. Um, we got Walking with Dinosaurs, um, a movie that would have been okay if if it weren't for the voice actors. That's it. Um, it just watch the TV show. Uh, then we got The Holiday. This movie went on for way too long. Yet another case of I just wanted to watch a Christmas movie with with my mom, and she's like, oh, this is one of my favorites, so I watch it with her, and it was just not entertaining at all. It was not, um, it just, it was so cheesy to me, and it's just so surprising that such big-name actors, um, were a part of it, and also, I also hate this trope in movies where, you know, the uh, Jack Black's character is, like, this, like, movie nerd, and he's, like, and they're, like, walking through a video store at one point, and they're, like, picking up movies to watch, and, like, like Jack Black keeps on, like, showing, uh, like, his new girlfriend, like, all these movies and stuff that he loves that she's never heard of, and he's like, oh, here's Jaws, darn it, darn it, darn it, darn it, and he does the theme and stuff when he approaches her with a DVD in his hand, and, and, like, that's the most uncreative thing that I've ever seen in my life, not just from, from, from a movie trope perspective but if literally anybody did that in real life and I saw them within even my peripheral vision or hearing I would just I would just slap that DVD out of their hands and force them out of the store because I if you're one of those people who who I'm a big movie nerd have you ever heard of Jaws like I'm not gatekeeping I, yeah I'm just gatekeeping um okay next we got 16 wishes uh, it's 16 Candles, but, uh, Debbie Ryan is, is there, um, yeah, that's that, um, then we got the Smurfs, um, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, uh, walks a lot along with the song Rocketeer playing in the background, and that's my favorite scene. Um, then we got Hotel for Dogs, um, admittedly a fun concept, not done very well, um, it's just bogged down by all the, the, it just feels like it would have been, like, a good TV show for, like, little kids, and maybe it was, maybe it was based on something, like, a book or something, I don't know, I have no clue, um, but I just feel like the source material could be better than this, whatever it stemmed from, uh, just the script... The script didn't know what to do with this actually pretty decent idea for a kid's movie. Or just a kid's property overall. I feel like it could be adapted into video games. It could be, you know, the, an idea of a Hotel for Dogs is pretty cool, in in my opinion. But it didn't do anything with it. So uh, then we got Robin Hood, uh, 2018. Uh, Taron Edgerton and Jamie Foxx are just kind of uh, just hanging out, hanging out. Hanging out with the family, having ourselves a party, just hanging out, hanging out. Um, so, yeah, that's that's Robin Hood. <laughs> um, uh, then you got Romeo and Juliet, um, a movie where, uh, it opens with like a curtain call, uh, cliche, um, that a lot of animated films do. With the, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, but like a stage handle uh, gimmick, like 
joke laugh thing. I don't. Oh my god, I'm only through two out of tens, and I'm still not even done with that. Uh, Camp Rock. Camp Rock is a camp the where they rock. Uh, McDonald's is the place to rock, though. Um, then we got the Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man, more like the 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 Spider-Man that doesn't can't accomplish anything without being a complete loser. Am I right? Uh, then we got Space Buddies. Um. It's, it, the, the dogs go to space, and I don't know, there was something aesthetically pleasing about it to me as a kid, like, whenever I would want to eat, like, cereal or something in front of, like, the TV, I would always just put on Space Buddies, just cause, like, I don't know, there was something about it that just made me want to eat, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's Space Buddies. Um, then we got Patch Adams, a movie that, once again, turned... Uh, a real-life tragedy, I mean, okay, the, the entire story of Patch Adams is, is, is a great thing, actually, but the main thing that makes me mad about this film is the, um, is just the use of a plot device that, um, it's so incorrectly used that it literally turns a dead person into a, uh, such a, just, I don't know how to put it. It's just such such an offensive story to me that um, that could have been this you know heartwarming little thing, but it just it made a mockery out of the actual Patch Adams, um, and that just makes me mad. I don't know. We got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, Turtles in Time, uh, the Turtles time travel. All right. Uh, then we got. Oh my God, we are at an hour and twenty one minutes. Bruh, okay, I got a couple more 2 out of 10s to go, and then I'm going to stop this here. This is going to be a multi-part thing. Alright. So, uh, <laughs> next I got Late Night, which was a movie that I I think could have been good, but it wasn't. Um, because I do like the idea of really any movies just kind of taking within the modern day a thing that in modern day is kind of over time diminishing in popularity or, you know, just has lost its golden days and kind of seeing how almost an entire industry uh, has fallen. And Late Night could have done that and shown the resurgence of late night television and how, you know, created kind of this optimistic, um, diverse perspective on how how to fix the, the, the tropes of late night TV and because that itself is a very interesting concept to me, even though I'm not necessarily a connoisseur of a lot of late-night talk shows. I enjoy seeing how they progress over the years, but this movie just doesn't know how the internet works, and it can't help but take what could have been a great feminist um, and message about people of color into just this kind of super whitewashed-feeling story that... It just wasn't fun. It was kind of miserable to watch. Um, and we have Girl vs. Monster, uh, a Disney Channel movie that tried tried to be campy um, and pass off all of its bad qualities as, oh, it's just, it's just a joke, bro. Um, but it didn't do that. Uh, it, it, it still had a really bad song that came along with it. 
um, probably a couple of them that I don't even remember, um, it's just, it just wasn't fun, uh, we got Beauty and the Beast 2017, which served no purpose at all, um, the extra song that was added in was not very good, um, and I don't like the look of it all, uh, and that's not even just saying, like, the character designs and the CGI and the flow of everything, but just, like, even the lighting, when it comes down to stuff like that, and just the basic camera movements, like, there's just something so off about it. Um, then we have Planes, which, uh, it's, it's technically Cars, uh, 3, within the Cars cinematic universe, if you want to watch those all in order, and, um, yeah, it's not, it's not that good, it's literally just Cars all over again, um, yep, that's it, um, except there's, like, a really weird, unexpected, like, turn of events where, like, the Doc Hudson-type character is instead, um, instead of being, uh, somebody of the limelight that the main racer character wants to explore within, uh, it's their passion and drive, quite literally, um, so, like, for example, Lightning McQueen was, wanted to be a, a racer, Doc Hudson was a racer, or, you know, they both, they both are racers, um, the planes took a really weird approach with its Doc Hudson-esque character and turned it into, like, a, a pro-military thing, um, which I, I, I can't really say anything about that, because it, 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 I mean, it wasn't offensive in any way, and it wasn't, like, driving any, like, political ideals that shouldn't be pushed on kids in any way, um, but it just kind of, it came off as, like, this really, like, really forced thing to me. I don't know, I don't know, I'm tired. Uh, and then we got Twitches. Uh, they're twins and they're, and they're witches, whoa! <laughs> um, then we got Fred, Fred... Fred 3, Camp Fred, <laughs> um, Camp, Camp I Wanna Pee Pee, that's funny, uh, then we got Aquaman, uh, man, breathe underwater, go zoom zoom, uh, then we, then we got Despicable Me 3, yellow guys, yellow guys, yellow guys, yellow guys, yellow guys,